Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to another debate week. As North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum suspended his campaign, so I guess he uh, wasn't making the debate stage for News Nation. This thing could be fascinating, but it seems the media want all of Trump's opponents to exit the race. On Sunday's Meet the Press, Kristen Welker just kept pressing Ron DeSantis about how he should probably get out. And Tim Alberta came on the Pundit's Roundtable and said basically, well, Ron's got promise for another Ron. It'd be a shame if he stayed in the race now and damaged himself forever. It's like, you got a nice campaign there. Shame if it went bad. This is where you just get annoyed at journalists. Like, when have you ever needed to remove yourself from the stage? You will never face a vote of no confidence. And if you did, it would not be pretty. I just joked that DeSanta should have said to Welker, you can't just push me aside like you did to Chuck Todd, you and the Comcast DEI goon squad. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? I, I think he said, I'm not playing games on this. I mean, he, he did, you know, press back, but it's just, you watch these things and you just want them to be even sharper with these hosts. It's not just another debate week. It's Liz Cheney book week. Oath and honor. And it's going to be totally insufferable. The pandering is already intense. Let's start with CBS Sunday Morning with John Dickerson, who at CBS has made it quite clear he hates Republicans' guts. Back in the day of President Obama, he told Almighty Barack to go for the throat. Those were his words on Slate.com. Go for the throat of the grand old party. And Dickerson is following through when it came to Liz Cheney. After losing her 2022 Republican primary, Cheney traded the U.S. Capitol Dome for the Thomas Jefferson-designed rotunda at the University of Virginia, where she has been lecturing on politics and writing a new book, Oath and Honor. Let me ask you about that oath. If a person is a member of Congress and they've sworn an oath to defend the Constitution, can they defend the Constitution and also endorse Donald Trump? No. So they're, inconsistent. they're breaking with their oath by saying they would like him to be the next president. In my view, you know, fundamentally, there is a choice to be made. You can't both be for Donald Trump and for the Constitution. You have to choose. It's a lot of people who are choosing Donald Trump. Yeah, it is. Now, let's stipulate that Cheney has a point about a peaceful transfer of power and about presidents having the dignity to concede defeat when they lose. And let's stipulate riots are bad, especially on Capitol Hill on the day we certify a presidential election. Then let's counter stipulate that January 6 has become the dominant DNC, Biden, Harris, Pelosi, Schumer talking point ever since the riot happened. Several years of hearings it's, were a long, elaborately promoted Democrat messaging extravaganza. This is just more of the same. So we have the Cassidy Hutchinson book. We have the Adam Kinzinger book. We have the Liz Cheney book. And none of them are asked tough questions about 
So did Nancy Pelosi fail on January 6th? They're not going to get that. Did Mayor Bowser, why did they not call in the National Guard? Nobody's going to ask about that. Why did the Capitol Police shoot Ashley Babbitt? Was that warranted? There's never any question like that. It's basically, please underline for us how Donald Trump is Hitler and how voting for him basically makes you a Nazi. And of course, the CBS segment Jane Pauley began with, call her a very concerned conservative. <clears throat> the whole point of Liz Cheney's crusade here is to say you can't vote for Trump or for the Republicans. So how are you a conservative? Now she can sit there and say, I'm for the Constitution and you're not. But the Democrats? Obviously, most Republicans think, the Democrats think, the Constitution's mainly for abortion, sodomy, and, you know, fighting Brett Kavanaugh with faulty charges of sexual assault. Constitution. Uh, then came uh, Margaret Brennan on Meet the Press was interviewing Chris Christie, and they, she was doing the usual badgering about a federal ban on abortion. All the Republican campaigns are going to be pressed about that. Welker did it to DeSantis. Margaret Brennan said it to Chris Christie. But then I'm glad I didn't have a potent potable in my mouth to wink a nod to the late Noel Shepard, Newsbusters star. Margaret Brennan said this to Christie. So uh, also giving a fairly straight assessment is Liz Cheney, the former congresswoman who just did an interview with my colleague John Dickerson and told him the United States is sleepwalking into a dictatorship. Bob Kagan, uh, writer in the New York, in the Washington Post had an op-ed saying after Super Tuesday in March, Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee and what happens there will be a swift and dramatic shift in the political power dynamic in his favor, saying all Republican critics, perhaps even yourself, will fall silent out of self-preservation. Is that how you see your party behaving after March? Uh, look, I can't speak for everyone in my party. I can only speak for myself, Margaret. And anybody who knows me knows I will not be silent. Fairly? Straight? assessment how on earth is it a fairly straight assessment to say the u.s is sleepwalking into a dictatorship that is overwrought how can they not see it's overwrought this is where the media just have their hate blinders on and they don't recognize that this does not come across as fairly straight talk to half the country Then Brennan had on two governors, Polis of Colorado, a Democrat, Cox of Utah, a Republican, and they were on to talk about how to grow civility and understanding between opposing viewpoints. Oh, fantastic. Hey, Margaret, maybe if you don't do that sleepwalking through dictatorship thing, there might be some civility. Over on ABC's This Week with George Snuggle Up With Us, uh, it was another Trump-bashing extravaganza. George was pushing around Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma. Lankford, I don't think, is a, is a MAGA guy. I think that's pretty clear. He hates this question and doesn't want to answer it. Stephanopoulos like, lists Trump's misdeeds and his indictments, and then he was like, are you prepared to support Trump? Are you prepared to support Trump if he's the nominee? 
Uh, the challenge right now is Americans are trying to be able to get information, trying to be able to make decisions, and they're going to make their own decisions on that. That's who we are right, as I, Americans. I, I, Right, I understand that, but I'm asking what your decision is. You're an elected official. You're a Republican Party official. I'm asking, can you support Donald Trump as the nominee, given his record? Yeah, if he ends up being the nominee, and I've got a choice between Donald Trump and Biden, I've got a choice between two different sets of policies, two different sets of ideas, two different ways to handle the economy, two different ways to be able to handle energy, two different ways to handle foreign policy, immigration. When I've got two sets of policies uh, between me, that is not a hard choice between those two sets of policies that would actually face us when we get to that November time period. And if that ends up being the choice of the American people in both of those primaries, that two different sets of policies is not difficult for me because I've seen the difference between what happens at the border and security, what happens into our economy, what happens in foreign policy. Americans have seen a side-by-side -side on that. Even if Donald Trump is convicted in one of these trials? We have a long way to go in the Georgia. I know we're, we're, you're trying to jump ahead through a lot of different things here. Once again, the reporters want to demand you must support Trump. They want to pressure you to say you're either going to support Trump or you're going to say I'm not going to support Trump. Now, they're not on here putting on a Democrat and said, are you prepared to support Joe Biden if he's the nominee? Because they're Democrats and they assume, of course, everybody's voting for Biden. You don't ask people whether they're voting for Biden. It's just assumed. But this is, look at what happens to Republican candidates when they go on these Sunday shows. They get DNC messaging in their face. Then came Monday morning. This was actually sort of a surprise. I mean, I was annoyed that the Today Show in the second hour gave Liz Cheney nine and a half minutes of book publicity. Nine and a half minutes. And I, was, I had this on at home, and Mrs. Graham was like, well, people come on to promote their books. And I was like, aha, but which books do they decide to promote? Mark Levin's not coming on to promote The Democrat Party Hates America. <laughs> no way that's happening. This is the point. This is the liberal bias, is that they are excited about every book that feels like a Trump tell-all. Liz Cheney is doing a Trump tell-all, and it's a, a Kevin McCarthy tell-all, and a Mike Johnson tell-all, and a Republican suck tell-all. This is the kind of book they like. You do a critical book about Joe Biden or Hunter Biden, are you going to get on television? Not on these networks, not on ABC, CBS, NBC. NPR. Oh, Liz Cheney was on NPR again this morning. I haven't gotten to that yet. I can just do one of these at a time. But here's what was really interesting. You know, the first six minutes or so is Liz Cheney doing the whole, please underline how Trump's a danger to democracy. Then she shifted to Biden. Uh, and so she was sort of like, you said the Republican Party's made a choice and it's not chosen the Constitution. Do you think Democrats, it would be better for the Democrats to regain control of Congress in 2024? She said yes. And then Savannah's like, wow, crazy stuff. You're Liz Cheney. You were previously known as one of the most conservative members of Congress. You were the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. You were saying it would be safer if Republicans weren't in control of the House. Yeah, yeah, that's what she's saying. That's one of the reasons why she went down to defeat in Wyoming. In a landslide, because the Republicans of Wyoming said, well, you're basically a Democrat now. 
Then, of course, Savannah asked her if she'll vote for Biden. Well, she wouldn't quite go there. She just said, I'm never voting for Trump, and I will do whatever I can to beat Trump. Meaning, yeah, if it's Trump and Biden, and that's the way it's going to go, I'll be for Biden. But she's holding her fire because maybe the no labels people will put her on the ticket and then she can run for president. So she wasn't going to say she'd vote for Biden because, you know, she might still run for president. Uh, But here's where it gets really interesting. Is that at the very end, Guthrie's talking about the Trump voters are are devoted to Trump. The Biden, the Democrats are devoted to Biden. And uh, then she's like, what about the independent voters? What about the sliver of people who might vote for Trump? This was actually interesting. I keep thinking when I was reading your book about the, who is persuadable at this point. You call it a cult of personality on the Trump side. Okay, fine. So if you're in the cult, you're not going to be voting for anyone but Trump. And then you have people on the other side, they'll vote for the Democrats. This is a sliver of people right. who think, okay, I may not have loved Trump. I'm tired of his antics, but I'm worried about the border. I'm worried about right. crime. Uh, and I think Biden's too old. What do you say to them? And they think that a Trump vote is, you know, it'll end up being all right, maybe not pleasant, but it'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's a real problem. And I think that the challenge is to make sure that those people understand and recognize that a Trump vote is not acceptable. Uh, I hope that there are um, options and alternatives that reflect the important challenges that we're facing and that reflect leadership to meet those challenges. But that choice can never be Donald Trump because a vote for Donald Trump Uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. Oh, the snobbery. These voters are a real problem. They don't understand a Trump vote is not acceptable. These are the people that are like, we are the guardians of democracy. As long as you vote our way, it's not acceptable to vote for Trump. Obviously, a lot of voters, a lot of primary voters from Republicans are already for Trump. But there's many people who would like to support somebody else. But George Stephanopoulos is like, no, no, no. Aren't you backing Trump? Lankford's trying to say, I'm not endorsing anybody. You know, he's trying to play it safe, I guess. But it's you just watch these shows and it becomes quite obvious. They really want Trump. They need Trump. They want Trump on that wall so they can break him like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Liz Cheney said it's naive for Americans to think the country would survive another Trump presidency. The contempt these people have for average Americans, it's just obvious. You have to vote our way or you're an idiot. You're a dangerous idiot like Trump. And then we're told the person telling you this is a staunch conservative. We've had just about enough of that. We'll be back later to uh, discuss how Rachel Maddow handled this whole imbroglio. Tune in again to another Newsbusters podcast. And in the meantime, come once, twice, 24 times a day to Newsbusters. Thanks for listening.